0: Okay. <laughs> Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, May 9th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Patrick Murphy. A lot to get into, Patrick. Let's start with Mick Maradi. We got a chance to meet with seven Ohio State coaches on Friday. It was great, including Ryan Day. He was not on the schedule, the head man. We knew we were going to get six assistants. and To me, Maradi was the most interesting, um, not necessarily because the other guys weren't, because... They were, we'll get into you know, guys like Jim Knowles. That's just pure knowledge every time uh, yeah, he speaks with us. Uh, I just love it. And he sat down for about almost an hour, but we, you know, we've spoken with Knowles now, you know, about four or five times, you know, and we only get Mirati maybe once a year. So that kind of makes him special. There's been a lot of questions about him. Um, we'll get to specifics in a moment, but what, just in general, what stood out to you from uh, the conversation with Mickey Marati, which lasted about 40 minutes itself.
1: Well, I mean, we get him less than, at least recently, less than once a year. The first question I think he was asked was about what the 2020 offseason was like and, and kind of dealing with that. Obviously, we've heard about that from coaches and, and players, but he's the guy who spends most of the time that those guys miss the summer um, and, and in the weight room with, without those guys. And he said he thinks it had an impact even going into last year in terms of leadership, toughness. A lot of the things we've heard about last year – they didn't get that established with some of the younger guys that came in during that time, even guys that had been in the program, but kind of missed a, a full normal offseason, which I think is interesting. Now, he did say he thinks they've got that back on track. They've, they've figured things out. Obviously, they've had plenty of time now since that that strange offseason, that strange season uh, to, to kind of work through things. And he believes guys are stepping up as leaders. They've kind of forced some guys. This with especially with the winter program to kind of step into roles maybe they weren't entirely comfortable with, so you know on, on top of the normal strength and conditioning and, and speed and all that stuff that he talked about, it was it was really a lot of the leadership toughness stuff that I think is going to be important. And he was asked a lot about the Michigan game. I'm actually in the middle of, of working on a story about all this, and you know that he said that that really grabbed everyone's attention. You know if it wasn't, I think he said if the volume wasn't turned all the way up. You're looking for a new set of speakers. You know, you're gonna break something. That's how they're feeling right now because of that loss to Michigan and and not making the Big Ten championship, not making the College Football Playoff as well. But, um, you know, he he kind of put all that together, kind of from from where they were in 2020 and kind of building into last year and and how things didn't come together.
0: There's been a lot of talk on message boards about like, is he evolving enough? Is he evolving with the sports science? Like, yeah. Maybe he was great, you know, 10 years ago. In fact, I don't think anybody would argue, um, you know, and I've always said he's great right now. Um, but there's been people that have asked these questions, you know, is he evolving as he's doing things with sports science, some of the, you know, more, uh, uh, you know, revolutionary things that we're seeing um, in the industry. And he talked about that a little bit. Get into that if you would, Patrick.
1: Yeah. He said that there's not the need to evolve just to evolve. You know, you don't need to change things every year, I guess, to to keep things new. But you do need to stay on top of things. You need to find ways to motivate guys. He talked about how, you know, you, you can't coach guys the same way you used to be able to, things like that. But, yeah, I think him, he talked about the, the Ohio State kind of athletics in general and, and their side of things and the, the partnerships they have with the doctors and the food Uh, specialists at Ohio state and how that's constantly building and they're creating new programs. So he's up, he's up to date on, on everything Ohio state. I think the questions always turn to him when you have a game like, well, really two games last year where, you know, you were, you were schematically maybe beat as well, but especially the Michigan game just beat up front um, a lot of the time. And, and I think he, he said, you know, everyone in the program had to look in the mirror and that included him so, you know, I do think this offseason he'll take a, a closer look at what they could be doing differently, how they could handle things in terms of the weight room or, or whatnot. But I don't I, I'm not concerned at all that Mickey Marathi has fallen behind the times. I think they're constantly looking to evolve. They're bringing in new people all the time I and mean, you see all the time guys getting hired from their program to, to take over weight staffs at, at other football programs or, or various other athletic programs. And so they're bringing in new people. And I think that speaks to, to what he has, kind of his coaching tree, so to speak, that, that he's kind of built is, is always growing. And, and people aren't hiring him if, if there's not success. And, you know, one season wasn't great for the Buckeyes. They know that. But I think that does, as he said, grab the attention. And, and maybe he does make a few more changes than he would in a normal offseason.
0: Yeah, I love Coach Mick, and I love you know, what he said. I encourage everybody to watch the uh, thirty-seven minute video. We have it on our YouTube page. Um, all and right, you, let's get, real quick, Dave. Yeah, you can go
1: ahead. See in in if you watch the video, but just talking to him, why he works well with these guys? You know, he's got a personality that we don't see a lot just because we don't talk to him. Right. Just, he's he's a fun. You can see when how he yeah. could jump on guys quite a bit, but you can also see why these guys love him, and uh, you know will really push through, especially in those. You see the videos on Twitter during the winter of some of those intense workouts they're doing, the mat drills, things like that. You can see why guys love him and, and will push through those for him.
0: Yeah, he's funny. Yeah, he's, he's, funny. he's cool. For like, yeah, he's got like some of the typical strength coach traits, but he's also got like a great personality. I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah, that's that. I think that's. What sets him aside, maybe from not that not every strength coach, and I'm sure there are strength coaches out there that have great personalities, but he seems to have the total package. All right. So, uh, switching gears, um, good news on Noah Ruggles. Maya culpa. I I am a conspiracy theorist by uh, uh, just by nature, and this to me seemed like it was common sense, though. It's like Noah Ruggles is taking spring off, that's weird, and then now Ohio State suddenly is now bringing in a transfer kicker on scholarship from USC. Add it all up. Noah Ruggles isn't coming back. See everybody. Sometimes I'm wrong. Okay, a lot of times I'm wrong, and this is one of them. So thank God I was wrong. I think this is perfect for the Buckeyes. Um, they're gonna have Parker Lewis can handle kickoffs and long field goals. They can have no struggles. Noah Ruggles handle the, uh, you know, anything from what 48 in maybe like the, you know 49 in. I don't know uh, wherever you draw the line at, um, and extra points. So I love this, and I'm so happy to be wrong about that. So I want you to get into that. Also, bad news, Um, we were kind of bracing ourselves for it. I mean, Ryan H. said some ominous things a few weeks ago about Marcus Crowley that made us think, hmm, something's up there. And Mitchell Melton, you could just see in the spring game, that didn't look good, a non-contact injury. So not big surprises, but Mitchell Melton out for the season. And uh, Marcus Crowley, his career is over. He's retiring from football. Hate hearing that stuff. Um, So get into the good news and the bad news that we learned on Friday.
1: Well, as you said, no Ruggles is back. Ryan Day confirmed that Parker Fleming also touched on it um, quite a bit. And, and we have a story that was, I think we posted on Friday. Uh, if people want to read that, but you can see their comments too on the YouTube page about it. Look, there's no doubt about it, Dave. This is a weird situation. The guy's a 60 year senior. He's, he's been through this offseason workouts before. He talked to us about how at North Carolina, sometimes uh, they didn't, they only did like certain days where they kicked just to keep the leg, healthy and ready to go. Uh, last year, he was in the transfer portal at this time, didn't commit to Ohio State until early June. So he wasn't in in a, a spring uh, practice. I, I think it was just a situation of they knew he could handle his own business. Um, now, maybe there's more going on with, with Noah personally. We're not going to get into trying to speculate on that, but you know, definitely strange, but I'm glad he's back. And I, like you, started to kind of read the tea leaves there when when he wasn't there all spring and there was, uh, you know, rumors of, of a kicker and kicker visiting and all that. So, um, yeah, definitely strange, but good to have him back. As you mentioned, they can kind of mix and match the the best of those skills. And then uh, possibly or not possibly, but I guess when Noah leaves, now you have a guy you, you probably can trust in Parker Lewis ready to go. I think he has uh, at least one more year of eligibility beyond Four this year's.
0: Time. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. He's got two more after, after Noah. Yeah.
1: And then you have Jake Seibert in there, kind of the forgotten man in the kicker room. We'll see if he hangs around or not. The Buckeyes are under with Marcus Crowley's injury, one under the scholarship limit from how we understand it. So we'll see what happens there. But I think, you know, from Ohio state, you have a chance to add somebody in there um, that can, can help you for the future. I don't think that's a bad thing. And maybe help you in the present as for the injuries. Always unfortunate when we have to touch on this, but it's part of the game. Um, Marcus Crowley, I mean, we, we've seen it twice now during his Ohio State career. I remember his freshman year when he got hurt being on the sideline late in the, I think they were playing Maryland late in that game. And, and you could just tell right away he wasn't happy with with how he landed. Um, and then this one um, happened during the bye week from what I understand last year. So just unfortunate. You never like to see, see that happen, uh, especially a kid that was talented. But fortunately the Buckeyes do have depth in that running back room as for um Mitchell Melton I mean he was really coming on in the spring I don't know how big he would have played I think we all think Jack Sawyer is kind of the the Jack position so to speak but Mitchell Melton's a little bit different than 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 Sawyer it's really unfortunate I think it would have been nice to to have that competition in there maybe be able to use a different type of player at the Jack position um but you know these things happen and, and hopefully he can bounce back this, this is his second straight year. He'll miss the season, which, you know, not only physically but mentally weighs on a kid quite a bit, I imagine. But hopefully he fights back through this and can get back on the field. A guy who hasn't played a defensive snap yet for the Buckeyes.
0: Yeah, I mean, this will be three years, including – I mean, his first year he missed. and missed all of last year. Now he's going to miss this yeah. year. Uh, and then you got to wonder once those injuries start to pile up, you know, you worry about a kid. Um, so, I uh, hate to see that stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, you know switching gears? We also got to talk with Jim Knowles, which I that, that fantastic. I'll get into that before I ask you, but I want to, I want you to get into like Justin Fry and what stood out about some of these other guys. Um, Heartline was great, Alford was great. You know, you know Parker Fleming. I mean, they're all these guys are just Brian Day's put himself together at an A plus coaching staff, no doubt about it. Um, I'll start with Knowles before I turn uh, the floor over to you. Um, I just. I am convinced this is not going to be like, oh, they'll, they'll be okay in year one, and then he'll put it together in year two. I, I think th- it, they're going to be a good defense this year. I think he's going to turn them around. Are they going to be a great defense? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's going to be Jeff Hafley coming in. Now, Halfley had a better defense to work with. I think this will, This is a talented defense. I'm not going to sell them short. And guys like Jack Sawyer and JT Tuimoloau and Tyleek Williams are guys that Jim Knowles talked up that I think are going to make big leaps as Sophomores who looked good as true freshmen, and now they're going to look like beasts as sophomores. And I like the the fusion of um, veterans on this defense too. So a lot of young guys, but also you know throw in like a good collection of veterans too that have played a lot of football and were highly ranked coming out of high school. Which really that's irrelevant. I like the fact they played a lot of football, and some guys look like they might have turned the corner, like a Teron Vincent guys that are coming back returning starters like a Cam Brown. You got some veterans, you know, Josh Proctor, you know, Tommy Eichenberg is a guy that uh, Jim Knowles really talked up. But Knowles, I'm convinced just from listening to him and just the way he gets it, the way he talks about making adjustments and, you know, the way he mixes things up and how – His biggest thing is confusing the offensive coordinator of the other team, making the opposing quarterback uncomfortable, being able to adjust, you know, play to play if they need to series to series, um, not being surprised if they throw anything at you, being prepared for everything. I love this guy. So um, I encourage everybody to get on our site, read the story and watch the video of Jim Knowles as well. Patrick, uh, Justin Fry is a guy. we were running around doing so much. I wasn't at the table when um, when he was being interviewed, but I watched the the interview. I thought he was impressive. He's probably a guy that's flying under the radar a little bit, but man, that was a huge hire. What kind of stood out um, to you about Justin Fry and maybe even some of the other guys?
1: Well, I think he's a guy that just doesn't get talked about as much because he was the one offensive hire and, and the offense has obviously been good, very good. I, I do think that the fact that Ryan Day thought that was necessary says a lot. Um, you know the run game was good not great last year and, and the Buckeyes had to rely on the pass so I think they pointed to the, the offensive line needing better development and Justin Fry owned up to some of that I mean not that he was a part of it before but that you know Ryan Day talked about a lack of depth and they need to develop some of that depth now he, they had guys out in the spring and, and you're not able to, to develop some of that when when you're battling injuries but we saw it in the spring game. I mean, it, you know, it's it's a scrimmage, but still the, the second string offensive line especially did, did not play well. And so he talked about that. He talked about adjusting to not only coaching these offensive linemen that are kind of a step above what he had at UCLA. No, no offense to anybody there, but um, also recruiting a different level of guy. You know, UCLA, there were guys that they identified sometimes, but realized pretty quickly that, that they weren't able to get in on them. At Ohio State, you're walking through any door you want or in the country. And so, you know, he talked about how they've also kind of locked down um, the state of Ohio again, getting, uh, he couldn't obviously talk names, but, but getting top guys in that class and then kind of branching out from there um, across the country. So impressive stuff from him. As for some of the other guys, I mean, Brian Hartline, always a great interview. He's he's so willing to kind of give it back to reporters when uh, he doesn't think the question is is up to snuff, which I always find fun to kind of have that back and forth and then he doesn't do it in a, in a menacing way at all I think he's just been around a lot of media in his day and uh, knows a good question when he hears it but you know he's talked about it before he likes to have these receivers able to play all of the positions he mentioned Marvin Harrison working in the slot during the spring which you look at the body types that's not a typical slot receiver and I asked him about that and he, you know he said why not uh, why, why can't he be a slot receiver does it change some things if you put Marvin Harrison in the slot? Probably, but it also creates some matchup issues and and throws the defense off. I don't know how much we'll see that, but just to the point that these guys can all play different positions. He thinks Emeka Ibuko will be on the field quite a bit, a guy I thought maybe would have to wait a little bit more, a little bit longer with, with playing the slot, but he can move around. So they're going to they're gonna get these guys on the field, and I asked him directly about more rotation closer to what we saw with Terry McLaurin and Paris Campbell and those guys a few years ago. And he said right now, yeah, they probably have four and they're working towards five and six. So that could be a, a rotational thing there. Um, we, we touched on Parker Fleming and talking about the, the kicking situation. There's going to be competition um, because of bringing in Parker Lewis. And he likes that. He thinks competition is a good thing, even at a position that most schools don't have it in, in, in terms of kicker. So he was happy about that. Talked about some of the guys that can return, they they seem to be very confident in Igmek Buka and, and some of those other guys that have returned kicks and punts. Uh, you know, there's there's kind of a list of guys they think can do that. So yeah, I, I did not make it over to Alfred. I think you talked to Tony Alfred, Dave. But uh, yeah, you know, these guys are impressive. As you said, Ryan Day's put together a good staff that, you know, not only are I think gonna get the job done on the field, but are are good to talk to and really seem to want to explain things when when asked the right questions.
0: Now, when you're talking about Brian Hartland likes kind of going back and forth with reporters, which I think is, is great too. Were you referring to when I, I called him a great recruiter? He almost—it's funny—he he's got—he was like this when he was a player. I'm I'm so old that like um I, I covered Brian Hartland when he was a player, and he I remember like he would he would just was a must. He was a guy when he came out for interviews, and you know, there's certain guys that you and I talk about. If there's certain guys come out, we have to have somebody there because to get everything that they say because Brian Hartland was one of those guys when he was a player. Like you just had to have a microphone by him, love his personality. So I was trying to talk him up. I was like, you know, with your personality and then what you did as a player, if you mix everything together, did you kind of always know you'd be a great recruiter? And he almost kind of scoffed at it. Like, well, what's a great recruiter? (laughs) And I said, someone who lands a, a bunch of great receivers in, in your case, and then he gave a pretty good answer. Is that what you were talking about? Were you kind of yeah. making fun of me there a little bit? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, he does it a lot. Like, he got asked uh, – I mean, he got asked a couple of off-the-wall questions that were you know, were said beforehand that they were off the wall, and you can tell he just kind of thinks about it for a second and, and you know, either gives an answer or if he thinks it's a weird question, he won't. I, I did hear I- that I- one with you. Um, there were just a few of them and he's done this before I I like it that you know he's he's not just going to answer your question that he thinks silly he's going to challenge you to to kind of get get to your point and and ask the right thing Um, you know he like I said he's done this for a while you know done this for quite a while as as both a player and now as a coach Um, he also talked. just occurred to me while you're talking Dave Jameson Williams he got asked about him a few times and you know he he thinks that with, with fans and the back and forth on where a guy played and where he graduated from and all that, he thinks that's more of a fan thing. He, the relationship he has with Jameson is still great. He was happy to see his success in Alabama, as long as it didn't hurt the Buckeyes. And obviously it didn't. And, you know, he's glad to see him go high in the NFL draft. Um, you know, whether that speaks to, to the Buckeyes or not, he didn't seem to want to answer that, which is fine. I think we all know that it does. But. You know, I think that that thing that's going to happen more and more, not just in the receiver room. You're going to see more guys from Ohio State go off and have productive careers with the transfer portal. And, you know, Buckeye fans want to claim them. I don't think that there's a problem with that. I think Rutgers fans would still like to uh, to get some claim on uh, Jonah Jackson. Yeah, Jonah Jackson and and guys like that. So um, I don't think there's an issue there. But Brian Hartland did get asked about that a few times.
0: I find all that stuff, you know, frankly, just so stupid when people argue about, well, I can't believe Ohio State fans claim Joe Burrow. First of all, no one's going out of their way claiming Joe Burrow. Everybody knows Joe Burrow had like his he, LSU made him a star. But when Joe Burrow himself says that he you know, credits both, that he claims both, I mean, that that kind of ends the conversation right there. when Joe Burrow himself says it, you know, I'm sure Jameson Williams, you know, if you gave him truth serum, he would say, yeah, I credit Brian Hartline a lot. Or maybe he would say it on the record. I don't know. Um, He still seems to have a chip on his shoulder from what happened at Ohio State. You can't really blame him. I mean, even though it was just one of those things where, like, maybe he was told leaving spring last year that you got Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave ahead of you. You probably got Jackson Smith and Jigba ahead of you, which at the time he's probably thinking, what am I I got Jackson Smith and Jigba ahead of me too? Are you serious? Uh, Turns out he's pretty good. Um, He's probably going to go higher in the draft than any three of them did, which is saying a lot. So um, it was just a, a crazy numbers crunch and, I'm glad it worked out for him at, at Alabama. Um, all right, here, let's get into this. I find this interesting. Speaking of, you're talking about Brian Hartline talking about, well, they, they feel like they have their top four. Um, I think there's a clear top three with JSN, and then in whatever order, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Omeka Ibuka, and then Julian Fleming's that fourth. And then, is it Jaden Ballard? Is he going to be that five? Uh, is it going to be walk-on Xavier Johnson, who, when we're out there, all he does is make plays. We're in that number 10. It was good in the spring game as well. Um, is it going to be somebody else? Cam Bab? is it going to be somebody else? Um, but Jaden Ballard and fellow redshirt freshman corner JK Johnson when they recently tested. Um, now I don't know if Cam Brown and some of these guys that maybe, you know, I don't know if everybody on the team tested, but they tweeted out that the two fastest players on the team are JK Johnson and Jaden Ballard. That surprised me a little bit. Um, not Didn't surprise me a ton. And again, I don't know if the entire team ran. I knew they were both speedsters, but man, when you're the two fastest players on Ohio State's team, you can fly.
1: Well, I don't know if this was I don't know if this came out in a different way, but but um Coach Moradi was asked about this to fastest guys in the team, and he immediately said JK Johnson, and then was looking for somebody on offense and any kind of backtrack. He's like, you know, I don't want to make anyone upset. There's a lot of fast guys and then he eventually, for offense, settled on Jaden Ball- Ballard. So I don't know what the the test numbers are, but uh, he did give it some thought. Look, I think you're Ohio State. You're you're recruiting, especially in those positions, you're recruiting a lot of speed, right? I mean, those are positions where you need that cornerback and wide receiver. Um, as for Jaden Ballard, in in terms of fitting into that that next receiver in the rotation, I think it's up to him and uh, you know what he does. He has the talent, certainly hasn't had the opportunity quite yet, but. It's going to be a battles. I mean, you you say Xavier Johnson. I think people hear that, and if they don't know, they look him up, sees a walk-on, and think, oh, there's no way. Brian Hartline said he's been one of the most impressive people this offseason, and like you said, Dave, we saw him in the spring game making some plays. He's done it in practice when we've been out there. So
0: In appreciation day, that he was out there making plays. You'd be like, is that is that Xavier Johnson again? Like He looks like one of the top receivers when we're out there, which is – Crazy to say when you're talking about like Marvin Harrison Jr. out there looking like a freak. Marvin Harrison Jr. didn't do much in the spring game, but he looked great during a scrimmage we saw the Student Appreciation Day a couple weeks before that. Emeka Buka was just fantastic throughout spring, including the spring game. Obviously, Jackson Smith and Jigba is a stud. Um, and Xavier Johnson's out there just making plays. Will it translate to the fall? We'll see. But, yeah, go ahead, Patrick. I mean, Xavier Johnson's the real deal.
1: Yeah, I think so. And, I, I mean, I would love to see Cam Babb get out there and you know end his career with some catches I mean we all know the story by now with the number of injuries he's had it would be great if he could be a part of the offense and, and actually contribute um, I know he's done some good stuff on special teams when he's been able to but if he can get out there and, and make some plays offensively as a, a fifth sixth maybe even higher up if, if he's able to work his way up the depth chart I think that would be huge and, and just a great story with the way it ended similar to what Johnny Dixon was able to do at the end of his Buckeye career so you know. We just named several guys there, and that just shows the luxury. We didn't even talk about some of the talented freshmen that just arrived.
0: Yeah, no kidding about it. I mean, no, no, no kidding at all. Um, I mean, Brian Hartline just keeps chugging them out. So if he doesn't want, doesn't want to call himself a great recruiter, I'll keep calling him a, him a great recruiter. I know I'm not alone. Uh, great stuff from Patrick Murphy. Really appreciate it. Thank you to Patrick. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into the show. We appreciate it very much. If you like the show, like, subscribe, give us a five star review, depending on what platform you are listening or watching on then head on over to bucknuts.com got a ton of coverage for you right now and we'll have more throughout the day thanks again to patrick and thanks to all of you for tuning in hope everyone has a great day and go bucks